this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampath this year's wimbledon has been overshadowed by controversy and is going to be a little different from other editions of the event in recent years it has banned players from russia and belarus and in retaliation to this move the atp has withdrawn ranking points from the event this means that wimbledon this year will be as good as an exhibition event with both the men's and women's draw significantly weaker according to many due to the absence of several top players however there will be no impact on the prize money or the prestige value attached to the event and coming to the tennis itself all the focus will continue to be on the rivalry between rafael nadal and novak djokovic will nadal manage to add to his tally of 22 grand slams and stay on course for a calendar slam and can djokovic defend his title and close the gap with nadal in the all time grand slam titles race or will one of the next gen players such as alcaraz or berrettini steal the thunder we are going to talk about all this and more in this episode of in focus where we are joined by n sudarshan from the hindu sports bureau sudarshan thank you so much for joining us pleasure to be here sampath thank you so much sudarshan to start with what do you think about the controversies uh, that have dogged this year's wimbledon do you think it has suffered a bit because of these controversies about this entire move to ban players from russia and belarus because of the ukraine war and uh, consequent loss of atp points and so on it has certainly suffered from bad press because i think even before the french open when the decision was first made to ban players from russia and belarus so there was significant backlash towards the decision by wimbledon from greats from different federations so it has certainly suffered from bad press and the consequence of that has been that we won't have the men's world number 1 daniel medvedev in action so that is significant damage i would feel for a tournament of such great prestige to not have the world's best player playing in its tournament but there has not been significant player withdrawals per se as it was anticipated i would say nadal is a big example of that because considering how injured he was and how much of a toll his recent exertions have taken for a tournament which doesn't have ranking points somebody would have expected him to actually sit out the tournament but within 3 weeks of winning french open with a new treatment to his leg he's back playing at wimbledon so that should be a big sign that the players don't think the prestige of the tournament is lowered because there has been no ranking points closer home i think drone bopanna from india is probably the only one who has withdrawn from uh, wimbledon citing the lack of ranking points but other than that i don't see any big players actually missing the cut because there is no ranking points don't we have uh, naomi osaka also sort of saying she's not going to play because it's not going to give her ranking points and i think usually bushard who said she wants to use her protected ranking for a tournament which will make sense for her to you know use it and get some ranking points rather than waste it on a tournament even if it's wimbledon yeah that's right but osaka did mention that in the lead up to the french open but i think her final decision hinged on whether she recovered well from an injury that she had sustained so if not for the injury they might have still made the trip is my guess and buchard as well has been sort of off the radar for quite a while i think she reached the semi finals back in 2014 but after that she has been pretty much off the radar so i don't think the ranking points was the sole decision there have been other contributing factors as well so 
it's more a combination of factors than this being the sole factor in deciding their entry okay so there are these two different aspects which are related one is his ranking points and other is of course the ban on russian and belarus players so going back to the actual uh, of course the draw is not yet out but from the seedings and uh, from the entries at least uh, who do you think uh, are the main top players who will be missing in action who would be better place or best place to gain from their absence for example you mentioned uh, medvedev who has been on good form on grass so far he's made it to two finals and uh, of course all the russians rublev and kachanov and you uh, know and among the women the former world number 2 sabalenka will not be there so what do you think uh, this is doing to the draw and who are the other main absentees that you think are going to affect the competition i would say sabalenka's absence is the biggest considering she had such a very good uh, run last year in 2021 when she was the semi finalist danil medvedev and zverev courtesy being the top two players in the atp rankings them missing is certainly a big blow but zverev has been an injury thing and then medvedev is because of the russian ban but i would say any tournament which has nadal and djokovic in they are the guys to beat so regardless of where they are placed in the rankings they are the biggest guys to beat medvedev and zverev though they are out they don't have such good records at wimbledon i think the farthest they both have reached is the fourth round so i would say even in their absence djokovic and nadal are the biggest guys to beat and even in their presence they would have been the biggest guys to beat regardless of where they are in the rankings i would say it just makes the draw slightly interesting unlike in the french open uh, nadal and djokovic won't meet before the finals considering they are seeded 1 and 2 and in the women's game sabalenka is the biggest miss but otherwise azarenka is one who has been banned from playing but azarenka i don't think she has gone beyond the quarter finals since 2015 and grass has been her weak surface for the past few years now so i don't think that affects the tournament's quality that much but the wins game is always full of surprises and considering it's just three sets there is more chance of a very open field for example no one picked halep to win in 2019 and she actually beats serena in the final so i wouldn't say withdrawals are going to affect the women's game much in the men's game only slightly so much right looking a little closer at the women's draw you do seem to feel that the withdrawals haven't affected the draw much but it's not just uh, the ban uh, or the withdrawals but it's also the fact that the defending champion ash barty has retired and we now have a world number 1 uh, shwantek who's actually a clay court specialist and uh, i don't know how many of these top 10 women seeds have actually made it even to the semi finals i don't think there is even one of them uh, i think has made it and we have someone like radukanu who has the host nation's hopes riding on her and of course we now have serena trying to make uh, one more attempt to get the 24th grand slam so what do you think uh, are the chances for serena in particular and secondly about the top 10 seeds do we have anybody who's a serious contender who would have been a serious contender even without these withdrawals like i said women's game in general is more uh, suited to the all court players the players are closely bunched and there's a more chance of an upset because it's best of 3 and uh, though shiantek is more of a clay court specialist and she is not as good as she is on clay on other surfaces she has actually won the junior wimbledon title before i think in 2018 and considering the confidence that she has this year and also there are lower expectations on her at this year's wimbledon i still feel she is in with a shot 
But in the top 10, we do have contenders in like Pliskova, who is ranked in the top 10, who reached the final last year. And she has the game because she has great power. And she's probably the second best server in the game after Serena Williams. So she gets a lot of... But this year, she's not been in form at all, right? She's been losing match after match after match uh, in this uh, year so far. I would still say that in the women's game, especially considering the past records and how things have unfolded, I wouldn't actually discount anybody. And there's also Muguruza, who is also in equally bad form, I would say. But still, late last year, she won the WTA finals out of the blue. So, no one expected her to win. So, she can go on a hot streak and do it. There is actually Ernst Jabor, who had a good run last year, who came to the quarterfinal. She had a good few tournaments in the lead-up to the French Open. But the French Open didn't pan out as well as she wanted it to be. And recently, she turned out with Serena at Eastbourne. And she actually withdrew with an injury. I'm not sure how serious it is or whether it was more precautionary. So, she's one to watch out for. And there is also slam-winning potential in Kerber and Halep, both of whom have done well at uh, Wimbledon in the past. So, like you said, there aren't clear informed players, but I wouldn't discount any of these to repeat what they have done before. Yeah, and coming to the excitement around Serena Williams, do you think it's just uh, more to do with the fact that she's a huge celebrity and a champion, always watchable? Or is it also to do with the fact that she has a real chance of making it without having played any tournament this year? Real chance, I wouldn't say so, because considering she hasn't played for a year and she had had just two warm-up matches on grass at Eastbourne and she'll be straight into Wimbledon. But With Serena and players like Federer, you never know. And I think you will just discount their chances at your own peril. And also with Serena, information is pretty low on how much she lets out as to what it was that prevented her from playing last year, whether she didn't want to play or whether it was an underlying condition. There is always a paucity of information with Serena. But as long as she's there, she is a threat. But I wouldn't say that she is the favorite for the title. Maybe a quarterfinal will be a big success for her. And uh, I'm not sure how much she's going to play after this as well. But like you said, it's more of a celebrity factor and such a great champion that she is. She always deserves to be treated with respect that her record demands. But I wouldn't say that she would go all the way and win the title. And what about the home favorite and last September, everyone's favorite, Emma Raducanu? What do you think of her chances? She's been battling with both the pressure of growing up on the tour in the glare of the limelight and also a spate of injuries. And probably many people say that her body is not able to sustain the rigors of the WTA tour. So where do you think she is? Is she looking good enough to make it to the second week? Or do we need to wait longer for her to make an impact again the way she did in last year's US Open? I would say it's still 50-50 because she's still learning the ways. I think she still doesn't have a coach. I'm not sure about that. So I would say it's more of a wait and watch approach because the pressure after winning the 2021 US Open has clearly got to her. So I think she still needs to settle. It's a quite a comparison with Coco Goff, who also made waves at Wimbledon in 2019 like Raducanu did uh, last year at Wimbledon in uh, 2021. But hers has been more of a steady progress. She has slowly built up to the success and considering what she did at French Open, reaching both the singles and the doubles final. So I think Raducanu's was a very steep rise. 
so uh, she has earned that uh, more that much amount of room for her to actually come down a bit and then sort of plateau at a good level so i wouldn't see that the turnaround will come at wimbledon but it will come at some point she's good she is a good enough player to actually do that but if you compare her with shawn tech she also i think won uh, a grand slam at the same age right she was i think 18 or maybe i don't know 17 when she won yeah. the french open and she seems to maintain that level or manage the transition to the tour better than uh, raducanu would you say that i would say that but it also that shawn tech had good success decent amount of success as a junior player as well because when raducanu actually came on stage and suddenly bolted to victory that was probably the biggest surprise for anyone because no one had actually thought that shihir was a big star with potential i'm pretty sure she was well pretty well known in the british system but outside of it it was not pretty well known but shuan tech did make waves one year before winning the junior wimbledon title in 2018 and then i think she had one french open before she actually won so there was actually somebody marked out for success in shuan tech which was not the case in raducanu right in, in in i think in raducanu's case it was her more her debut french uh, us open the first uh, time she was playing that particular grand slam yeah yeah which to yeah it was actually even before she had won a match on the wta tour so that's how much of a novelty she was right now coming to the men's side i mean we have spoken about the missing names the russians but what about uh, the matchups that uh, you would personally look up for going by the kind of uh, seedings we have who do you think are the top contenders apart from of course djokovic and nadal we know of among the rest there have been a number of uh, players who we've been seeing over a period of time we've got there is a generation between say the young gun like alcaraz who is like 19 and then this mid 30s batch of federer and wawrinka and nadal and so on between these two generation there is an entire lot whom we seem to have sort of missed anything you know great from them we have got people like uh, zverev and chilich who has done okay but not as well as you know we had expected from him then we have sirsipas who's yet to win a grand slam so what do you think uh, is uh, one can expect from this batch the missing generation so to speak because this is their chance there is no federer at wimbledon and there are so many players missing do you think any one of them is likely to step up i would actually think berrettini has a very good chance to do some big damage here because he is the most informed player on grass for the past 2 years at least because the last time he lost a match on grass was the final against djokovic in the 2021 and before that was in 2019 to federer at wimbledon so he is i think but for the djokovic defeat he has won 20 matches on grass without any defeat so he is the most informed player and he has returned well from injury he has won two titles on the trot at both i think queens and stuttgart if i'm not wrong uh, so berrettini is someone who can do some real damage i would also be interested in seeing where berrettini along with hurkas is going to be slotted because hurkas is a good uh, grass court player he beat federer last year and uh, reached the semis and this year he has been sort of okay and uh, he also has a very good run recently on grass so he is someone who is a natural on grass court so i would be looking at him as to where he is going to be placed in the draw because nadal and djokovic are going to be in opposite sides of the draw and uh, it's more about the placement of berrettini hurkas and people like that who can actually be genuine threats to the big two and djokovic is a natural favorite uh, like you said and uh, i think if he doesn't win at wimbledon this year this will be the first time in over 4 years where he's not a defending champion at any slam so 
I don't think he has gone more than four slams without a win for close to a decade now, except for that one phase in 2016 and 17. And considering that he records are what spur him on, he'll be very, very keen on getting bridging that gap with Nadal. And Nadal, of course, if his body holds up, he is good on grass. It's like his game has changed. He's more attacking now. His serve has improved and he's a very good warrior who can come to the net and kill off points. So the only factor might be the low bounce and the stress and the strain that it puts on his knees and stuff. But if he can hold up and if his physical condition is decent, he has a shot at the title as well. And Alcaraz, I would say that there's less focus on him this time. There was huge hype around him in the lead up to the French Open, but there is less focus on him this time, which would actually help him relax and play his game and give him more space. Sissipas has always been marked out for success, but he's had a very erratic year. He won Monte Carlo and then he reached the Rome final, but he didn't do well at the French Open. And even in the lead up, I would say he was unlucky to draw Murray and Kyrgios at two of the grass court warm up events. Uh, both are very good grass quarters and can beat anybody on their day. But like you said, Sissipas, considering how high he is in the rankings and considering that he is being spoken of as the next big thing, he should be winning these matches. I think he's still alive in Mallorca. I think he's in the semis or something. So let's hope he does something. He, if, he, if he can get the title, he can actually push his case as well. But I would feel that Hurkas and Berrettini are the ones who can do some uh, damage. And there's also Silic who has a good grass court record and who is coming off a semi-final appearance at French Open. Though it doesn't do much for his grass court skills per se, but confidence is something he can do with because he hadn't gone into the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam for close to four years now. And Silic is the past finalist at Wimbledon. So I would say that Berrettini, Hurkas and Silic can do some damage Right, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Murray and Kyrgios, who are very good players, and we've waited for a long time for Kyrgios to sort of really do justice to his talent and potential. Do you think uh, that's going to happen this Wimbledon or anytime soon? I'm not sure, sure, because he doesn't seem to have that patience and temperament to last seven best of five set matches. I think he can still go on a hot run on these ATP 500s and ATP thousands, where it's best of three and you play daily and. You sort of play big names as early as the second round. I think one of his problems has been that he can't motivate himself to play against run-of-the-mill players. So he can motivate himself to play against Sissipas, but he can't do that against, say, world number 294 on an outside court at Wimbledon. So in Grand Slams, the first four rounds are pretty much straightforward if you are a big enough player, if you are seeded high. But he doesn't seem to have that motivation to do it over two weeks. Yeah, it's a very strange uh, psychological issue that he has because in terms of skills, I don't think uh, he's, he deserves the ranking he's got right now. He clearly belongs in the top 10. But then again, uh, it's difficult to say much about these softer aspects which sort of make a difference. Coming to Indian uh, prospects, uh, where do we stand? I mean, I think Yuki Bambri lost in the qualifying uh, round itself. I think even, I don't know if Ram Kumar Ramnathan played, but I think whoever appeared uh, didn't make it past the qualifiers. What are our chances in doubles and mixed doubles and so on? I would say the chances are not very great. And especially in singles, it has been a pretty dismal scenario for quite some time now. Because apart from Sumit Nagal making an appearance in 2021 Australian Open, and I think that was because of a wild card, 
we haven't had a single representation in the main draw for close to a year and a half now and considering the fact that no indian singles player has actually even won a main draw singles match apart from sumit nagal in the last 6 7 years that doesn't paint a good picture so in singles we are pretty dismal right now is sumit nagal playing this this year's wimbledon did he appear for the qualifiers no he 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 generally doesn't play on grass for some reason though he has won the junior doubles title even last year he skipped i think this year also i am presuming he has skipped because in the qualifying i did see only uh, ramkumar and yuki and both lost in the first round so i didn't see sumit nagal's name there what about gunneshwaran i don't think even he played okay and doubles since rohan bopanna has not entered so that significantly weakens our chances of any this thing because i think ramkumar will play doubles but i don't think any of them are with title winning credentials there sanya mirza has had a decent year she had a very good lead up to the french open but french open didn't turn out to be as well as she would have hoped for and in the lead up to wimbledon i think they reached one semi in birmingham and then a round of 16 defeat after that but one thing that can work in her favor is unlike last year when she actually made her return at wimbledon after a long break she has a lot of lot more matches this time so match play can make her sharper and she has been playing consistently this year without many injury scares per se so with her we can't really discount her making a deep run but uh, she is probably our best bet in men's singles and men's doubles i don't think we have any chance of doing any right i think for indian uh, success we will need to wait longer one final question before we wrap up for uh, tennis fans in india where do they get to watch wimbledon like is do we need to go to tennis channel or is there an ott platform or a cable channel we can tune to i think wimbledon will be live both on star and hotstar so uh, on tv it's star sports i think mostly star select and uh, it will be live streamed on hotstar as well right so we have uh, two weeks of great tennis to look out for and to follow thank you so much sudarshan uh, for joining us and for giving your time and your comments Hopefully, we'll come back for another episode towards the end of uh, the tournament, depending on other factors. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks, uh, Sampath, for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.